This gospel is Matthew's nativity story. Blink and you'll miss it. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. She had born a son and he named him Jesus. That's it. Goes by quick, a bit like this Advent season. This time next week, the presents will all be unwrapped. And depending on how early you eat, Christmas dinner might already be over. It feels like it's gone by in a blink of an eye. But so what does the church want us to hear? What story does the church want to close our Advent season? As this season of waiting comes to an end, the church wants us to hear the story of Jesus' birth from Matthew's perspective, where there is no stable, no manger, no shepherds, not even magi yet, but a strange and sudden dream when an angel of the Lord appears in Bethlehem to a carpenter named Joseph. The details are spare. Joseph's young bride is found to be already with child. Joseph is within his rights to ask questions, to have the parentage investigated, and depending on what they find, Mary would be put to death, caught between raising another man's child and the potential destruction of Mary's life and reputation, we know Joseph has finally decided on a middle way, option C, to dismiss her quietly. But finally, when he had resolved to do this, the angel tells Joseph not to be afraid, to take Mary as his wife, to claim her child, and Joseph simply obeys. He does as he is told. We do not know how he feels about it. We do not know if he wants to do it. We simply know that he hears God's command and he obeys. Obedience, not a particularly popular concept in our modern world. Out of curiosity, I Googled it while I was writing. And you know how they show you a word's use over time? Obedience has a steep, steep trend line down over the last 200 years. Obedience, submission, acquiescence, those words don't often sit right with me. They sound negative often. Perhaps I'm too steeped in our American mythos, the way that we rhapsodize about independence and freedom. That someone is obedient is not usually meant as a compliment. And yet over and over, our Christian story hinges on acts of obedience. Gabriel appearing to Mary, to Joseph. Jesus' parents say, yes, they abandon their plans. They obey God's call. Jesus stands on the riverbank and calls out to Peter and Andrew, James and John, follow me. And they drop their nets, they abandon their livelihood, and they follow him. The story of Abraham, of Moses, of Paul, over and over, God calls and they follow. They submit. They obey. I find it almost impossible to imagine. Could you ever do that? A man calls out to you from the side of the road, from the river's edge, follow me. You hear God's voice in the desert or in a dream. You think you've seen an angel. Can you imagine from a single encounter changing everything, 
changing your job, changing your name, changing your life. That's what those people did. In our story, that's what happens again and again. People obey God's call on their lives with incredible courage. That's Joseph's story. In silence, because we hear no word of reply, in silence, he loyally submits to follow Mary's calling. Mary is going to become a mother, so Joseph will become a father. That's incredible to me. Incredible in part that this was God's choice, not a straightforward or easy way, but strange and risky and roundabout. That's how God chose to accomplish this thing. Incredible that this was God's choice, and perhaps more incredible that Joseph and Mary say yes. Say yes indeed, if not in word. I found myself thinking of this quote from Flannery O'Connor that has always fascinated me. In her diary, she wrote, I do not know you, God, because I am in the way. Please help me to push myself aside. I do not know you, God, because I am in the way. Please help me to push myself aside. Perhaps that is part of obedience, part of courage, that we push ourselves aside, look outside ourselves for what God is doing. Because courageous obedience as Christians is our story, but it is of course nowhere near the whole story because obedience even to God is not an end in itself. So this is where we come to Jesus, Yeshua, which means God saves. This is where we come to Emmanuel, which means God is with us. God is with us. Not just you, not just me. God is with us. Because that's what this is about. Mary and Joseph are called outside of themselves, beyond their limits, to push themselves aside, out of the life they knew for the life of the world, to help God come and be with us. We talk a lot about joy in church, particularly in this season. It is such an important part about what, of what God is doing with us and for us. But I think if we're going to dare to explore obedience as a virtue in 2022, we need to acknowledge that it is often not joyful. We are called to do things we do not want to do. How can I begin to imagine loving my enemy when I can't even manage to love all of my relatives? So no, joy is not always part of the process. Joseph certainly learned that. Risking social scandal out of duty, obeying this angel's call to be merciful, Together, he and Mary would flee with their baby into Egypt to live as refugees. They raised this wise and willful child who was never fully theirs. When he went missing as a little boy, they searched desperately for him for three days, three days, until they found him in the temple. And in response to their anxiety and worry, Jesus told them, Did you not know I must be in my father's house? 
And that was years before their son left home, became a figure of controversy and ridicule before their baby that they raised faced the cross and the grave. Because no, joy is not always part of the journey. But with God, joy is always part of the destination, even if that destination seems far off. Because God is with us and for us. Resurrection means a new life for us here and now and always. Our Gospels do not linger on Mary and Joseph's feelings and reactions, particularly Matthew, who is focused on God's initiative, on prophecies fulfilled. But hope and promise are part of what they are called to obey. Joseph, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Do not be afraid. Salvation is near, and God has chosen your new wife to make it happen. What a thing to hear. What a call to obey. We talk about the mystery of faith in church, the mystery of faith. For me, people like Joseph are part of that mystery, the incredible faithfulness and bravery of the saints. In this last week of Advent, I hope you'll dwell on that mystery, on the ways God enters the world through individual acts of courageous obedience that salvation is worked out in the midst of our ordinary lives, wherever and however God finds us and calls us, and often calls us to change. How might God be calling you to listen? How might God be calling you to obey, to push yourself aside and see in a new way that through you, what you do, God is with us all.